0: Welcome to The Digital Well, a podcast by Blaine Warren. Being digital in financial services today means many things to many people, and I intend to explore that here. To ask a question or submit a comment to The Digital Well, simply find me on Twitter at Blaino b l a n o, or go to thedigitalwell.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope to hear from you soon. Hosting and bandwidth and the PowerPress plugin for podcasting on your WordPress website are provided by Blueberry, found at blubrry.com. Additional Digital Well sponsors include Message Watcher, a modern email and social media archiving platform. Find out more at www.messagewatcher.com. And also, don't miss out on Grant Street Creatives, creative retainers, and design assistance for websites, search engine optimization, and any of your creative design needs. Find them at GrantStreetCreative.com. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the Digital Well. This is Blaine Warren. And today I'm joined by Katie Brewer, who is a financial advisor, of course, and also one of the founding members of the X&Y Planning Network. And we had the chance to meet, first of all, and then have some great technology discussions at FinCon 14 this year in New Orleans. And I was really fascinated with the discussion around financial planning and the tools that are available that have been around and sort of ruled the industry versus the direction we're going in and some of the other capabilities that either new startup practices or emerging maturing financial advisors are using or cultivating to do things a little differently. And I thought, well, rather than me rehashing what I heard, I thought I'd invite Katie to join us. So Katie, thank you for taking the time to join me today.
1: Thank you so much, Blaine. I'm glad to be here.
0: Absolutely. So why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about you and your practice, and then we'll jump to our topic.
1: Yeah, great. So I, earlier this year, started my own RIA uh, with the help of XY Planning Network. So I had been contemplating it for a while. I had researched it. I'm probably like a lot of financial planners out there. I researched the heck out of everything, but I find it really hard to actually take action on stuff. Um, so, you know, I was really contemplating starting up my own RIA because I wanted to focus on younger people. Um, my target market is really 25 to 45. I especially like working with professional women. And I found there weren't really you know, hardly any existing RIAs out there that are looking for people that don't have a lot of assets under management. That's not really a target market um, for most RIAs. So uh, with the help of X-Five Planning Network earlier this year, I launched my RIA this summer. And so I've been in business for like a whopping five months now for myself. But I've been in the industry for 10 years now.
0: Excellent. And I do know from our conversations, you have a bit of a marketing background as well. I imagine that helps you Once you get over the hurdle of the RIA structure and formation, the things that XY helped you with, I'm sure that marketing background helped you uh, kind of start the channel as far as building your pipeline of your new business.
1: Yeah, actually, it really does. So I've had two great experiences that are really helping out. Um, One of them, you know, some people would debate if it's great or not. But I started in the industry in more of a traditional role, which was um, you go out and you prospect whoever has uh, a breath and, you know, you either sink or you swim. And so I, I did start off in the industry that way. Um, so that did kind of force me to have to learn some sales skills, even though I'm, I don't think I'm probably, nobody will ever say, Oh my gosh, Katie, she's a great salesperson, but I did have to go learn it. Um, and then I did help out with some firms doing marketing for other advisors for about two years. And so that was really helpful as well, because I got to get a perspective of like what all needs to be done to put some of these marketing things into place. Um, and then, you know, they just take a while to kind of come out of the pipeline.
0: No, absolutely. And, and I know, you know, that social media is near and dear to my heart, because I've been studying it from a financial services perspective, gosh, since 0809. I'm sure that's actually an an opportunity as a channel for you because of your target market. You're looking to do business with folks that actually already understand and may already be using that as a primary channel of communicating. Is that a a safe assumption?
1: Yes. Actually, um, I have an appointment coming up earlier or later this week with somebody who said that they found me through XY Planning Network and they found XY Planning Network through a Google search. Outside. So that's where that's where the people 25 to 45 um, might be looking for a financial planner, a financial advisor.
0: Absolutely, yeah. They either have a LinkedIn profile, right? Because they're entering their professional career uh, post college, whether it's just bachelor's or postgraduate, and the first thing they're doing is looking at their iPhone or perhaps an Android phone, maybe, and doing a Google search. So certainly, that's a great place to start. Well. The direction I wanted to go in for this discussion that really caught my ear at FinCon was when you were talking to me first, and then a little, little bit of a group about financial planning technology. And I'm fortunate enough, and of course, it also shows my age, that I met some of the cloud-based financial planning tools we know today, like Finance Logics or MoneyGuide Pro, and some of the others literally back in the 90s when they were in the garage starting up, right? They had just launched web-based solutions in 98 and 99 um, and and have been able to watch them mature, but they're no longer the startups, right? That's the feeling I get from some newer advisors is they're considered the, the legacy platforms of the industry and potentially advisors are looking for something new. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Well, it kind of depends on who you ask, Blaine, because if you ask somebody who's been using the same Excel spreadsheet now for the last 25 years, they will probably tell you that they're afraid to use something like Money Guide Pro. But if you ask somebody who's already used to using a lot of stuff in the cloud and has gotten trained on a lot of different financial planning softwares, um, they're probably more likely to you know, be kind of reaching for the newest, best um, things that work well with their clientele.
0: And what is it about the, the tools that are out there today, both good and bad? There, there's a lot to like about many of these tools. First of all, it was smart to get them off the CD and floppy disk, right, and off the local install, get them into the cloud, because some things had to be simplified. And there's something to be said for giving a client a two- or three-page analysis that's very pleasing to look at versus giving them a 56-page deck that you're probably convinced they're never really going to sit down and read through. Uh, and and try to consume you want to boil it down to the lowest common denominator not because an investor is not smart but because their time is valuable right you don't give them a novel you give them an executive summary and they rely on you to execute on that what do you see right now in the lay of the land for what's available what are some of the challenges even though most most everybody's in the cloud or there's some challenges around the current field of tools
1: Um, you know, the cloud is also really good for if you're working with somebody and their spouse is not present, like right now in that location, um, it's great to be able to have both spouses looking at the same thing because you have their plan in the cloud. Um, so, you know, some people are using it, some people are not, but I think it's great. I mean, anytime where you can give somebody access to information, um, that they're paying you for, especially, is is a good thing. And then, if you can make it even easier to coordinate with their centers of influence, with accountants, attorneys, et cetera, um, that's good for them because it ups the level of client service that you're giving them. And then it allows you to establish some of those relationships as well as being, you know, a trusted financial advisor that um, that takes care of their clients.
0: Now, one of the things I'm curious about. And I have mixed feelings about this, so I'll admit that I have a little bit of bias because I've, I've been around the industry. I've been a CIO at the, at the, on the broker-dealer side, so I've seen everything from really simple tools to kind of the Swiss army knife approach to tools. You know, one of the things that stands out to me is that s- some of the financial planning solutions have yeah. start, started to try to become the, the Swiss army knife, right? It's planning, discovery, analysis projections, it's client vault, it's data aggregation tool. It's, there's a lot of moving parts. What are the things that you day to day need to interact with your clients?
1: Right. Um, so probably what I need might be a little bit different from what some other advisors need, because I'm, I'm working with pretty technology savvy clients. Um, so, you know, they, they kind of demand that I have stuff out there available for them. They probably want to play around with the financial plan a little bit after we've talked about it. Um, they don't necessarily see, you know, it is okay. This is exactly what they have to do. They might want to see, okay, well, what if we did this scenario or this scenario? Um, so I know for me having something that I can quickly and easily run projections in and not have to go back through and do the whole financial plan over again, Um, is really, really handy. So, you know, if we change something in the financial plan and I can go back and say, well, this is how it affects it, um, that's really handy. Having something where the client can access it, that could be part of the financial planning software, but there are also ways to get around that, um, you know, by having a standalone kind of client sharing portal. So that if it's part of the financial planning software, that's great. If there's a financial planning software that you really like and you're not sure that you should go with it just because of that, um, there might be a way to get around that that's still compliance friendly. But I know for me, just having it be um, you know, pretty high level and then being able to drill down into the details if we need to, but not having to show somebody essentially 20 pages of stuff the, you know, where it doesn't have like a summary on it is something that I'm really enjoy financial planning software.
0: No, I would agree. And I think the one thing they've gotten better than some platforms outside of the financial planning space is they avoided, I think, for the most part, getting caught in the cable television model, right? One of the challenges when you build kind of a Swiss army knife is a lot of folks come to you and go, well, I just need this piece? I don't need everything." And c- cable, of course, has gotten better at that through the years. But, you know, a lot of folks come to a uh, planning package and say, well, I need the planning package. And then they say, well, then now I need the vault and now I need data aggregation. And fortunately, from my view of the market that I've seen, most of the tools allow you to step in and bolt on what you need later, which I think is beneficial. Uh, do you see it the same way or are there some more more fine tuned needs that you think could be served in the space?
1: Um, I think the more that financial planning software is integrating with other things, the better. I think it's better for everybody. Um, so for example, let's use money guide pro because they're, you know, the darling of financial planning software, but the fact that money guide pro will, you know, integrate with RedTail, it will integrate with precise FP, which is a, a client questionnaire, an online client questionnaire. Um, you know, it, it integrates with a lot of different custodians. It integrates with, Uh, performance software so the more that they're making that you know very easy to use for the advisor i think the better their market is going to be i mean because they're just making it so darn easy as compared to another software that somebody else is using to both put the information in as well as pull the information out and i think more and more advisors are probably going to go towards that as they see the efficiency that that allows them
0: well, and the advantage for for Money Guide Pro and Bob Curtis and the team there is they have they have so many years of feedback loops, right? They've gone through so many cycles over the last fifteen years basically in, in the cloud that they're starting to reach that point where they've got it shaped right. The integrations are the hardest because it's really only been in the last twenty four or thirty-six months that the integrations kind of exploded. A lot of tools were still holding back and they were doing little things like single sign-on uh, or, or simple data exchange, but they're starting to do more sophisticated integrations. And you hit on something that's really intriguing to me. Precise FP, I think, is really fascinating uh, in this space, because they, they took a very simple step, that there are tools outside of financial services, uh, like Formstack, that are form-collecting tools but they did it and designed it in such a way that it can be used for you know cl- client discovery, collecting financial data, even you know an annual update to double check on addresses, or even for that matter, you could almost create a satisfaction survey at that point and push it out. Can you talk a little bit about Precise FP and, and how you've used it?
1: Yeah, so that's one of the tools that I started using pretty quickly out of the box, and um, I can tell you I really really like it, <laughs> especially because. Some of my clients are local, but actually most of my clients are going to be scattered across the U.S. So um, having something where I can send them a link and it there, you know, whenever they have time in the day, it could be in the middle of the day, it could be at midnight. It doesn't matter because it's a website that is specifically for them to put their information in. Um, so whenever it's convenient for them, they can go in and they can start the process. And, you know, if they can't finish it all in one in one fell swoop, that's fine. They kind of put it on pause and then they can come back later and finish it up. So I find that that's really convenient, especially for the busy professional, because if you're asking them, you know, hey, the student loan that you have, what is the balance and what's the interest rate? How long do you have on it? You know, is it um, it a private loan or is it a public loan? Some people will know that information offhand, but for the most part, people are like, "Mm, I have half of this information or I have none of this information. And so something like Precise FP really helps for them to be able to stop, like go find out the information that they need to find out, come back and put it in, and it allows you as the advisor to not have to keep bugging them,
0: you know, and
1: to not have to be like, okay, well, let's make another appointment where we try and figure out X. You know, it it allows the client to kind of do some of that legwork.
0: No, absolutely. And and it's, uh, you know, I can't say enough how much I'm supportive of forms gathering tools you know i use it in my own work to gather information from my own clients non-financial related um, just to do and carry out my course of business of advice so it's it's invaluable to have something systematic i think the advantage for financial advisors is you can collect all of the data you need including that which might go into a system through an integration, but also stuff that you normally wouldn't get on a questionnaire that's in one of those systems. I think that's the value of Precise FB. Yeah,
1: I agree. I mean, you can essentially you can ask them other questions too. I mean, you can say, I think one of the questions is, are you happy with the relationship that you have with your accountant and your attorney and your insurance person? And then that allows you to add value because if they say, yeah, I'm working with an accountant, but I don't really like them. Well, guess what? That just gave you an opportunity to introduce them to somebody that you've worked with previously. And, you know, win for the client, win for you, and win for that center of influence.
0: Absolutely, no doubt. Now, tell me this, you know, there's probably some features out there that people would like that aren't currently available. And I'm not just picking on Money Guide Pro, this could be just from the, the standard fair set of tools that are out there. I know we've got, as I said, Finance Logics, Money Guide Pro, eMoney. There's a a number of tools out there. What's on the horizon that you think either these tools need to start thinking about or are there newcomers to the space that you're waiting to see grow up a little that you might be intrigued by?
1: You know, honestly, I've I've gone through and I've evaluated quite a few of the planning tools. And I think the output of some of them is still very, it looks like it's stuck in the 90s. Um, The graphics are just, kind of awful. And that's probably me being a little bit nitpicky because at the end of the day, it's supposed to be about you as the financial advisor, you know, telling your client what to do. But, um, I do find, I think maybe as a woman, I like stuff that looks nice and a lot of the, you know, green graph and red graph or, you know, charts that come out of the financial planning software. It doesn't really, it doesn't really tell a story. Um, so I think there are a couple that are maybe working on improving on that. Um, one that I've just started researching that I think does a really good job of that is InStream, brand new to the space. Um, and you can probably throw in some about InStream, I know you've you followed them.
0: Yeah, well I know Alex Mergia and I've talked with them before. They are uh, definitely uh, you know, a newcomer breaking into the space. They've gotten some very positive reactions from uh a lot of the folks that have given them a spin. So I know as they emerge and grow and start to build out their offering, they're certainly going to be a competing influence, right? And competition is good because it applies pressure to the old guard, uh, to raise their game. So hopefully that's the kind of scenario we have unfold.
1: So I think probably that the future of some of this planning software is really probably going to be more on the output. Like what does the output look like? Um, Um, I know for MoneyGuide Pro that they've put quite a few integrations in place that are really good. For example, the account aggregation piece. Um, That's something that a lot of advisors that I've talked to are looking for. And the ones that have been looking for it for a while are using eMoney because eMoney has had the account aggregation already built in. But the fact that MoneyGuide Pro kind of added that on is probably a, a really good thing because that allows also... You know, for you not to have to bug your client as much. If the accounts are linked and if they're still linking, you can at any point just go take a peek and see, you know, how they're doing. Um, and that also allows you to kind of increase efficiency, reduce the amount of times that you have to bug your client uh, to be able to give them advice.
0: Well, I would agree. And what's nice about the, the, the I believe it's Yodley that's through Money Guide Pro the advantage there is there's kind of three tiers of data aggregation, right? There's up at the top, there's buy all accounts. That's sort of the 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 grand model so that you can, in a fiduciary way, p- perhaps advise on assets that don't directly fall under your custody or management. Um, and then there's the e money model, right? Which takes and brings that data and gives you those positions folded in right next to the planning I think there's a, always a large segment of the audience that just wants the information, right? They don't need a large, sophisticated engine, although Yodley powers international banks. So certainly, MoneyGuide Pro partnered with the right partner as far as their capabilities and maturity. But sometimes you just need to turn a feature on to get access to the data. And Money Guide Pro made it much more affordable than it is to go out and buy your own full-blown automated data aggregation platform so i think that was a smart move in my view because if you're really invested in the planning piece those positions like as you say just help with efficiencies whether you're prepping for a meeting or trying to make a decision to advise your client it doesn't take 10 phone calls and the faxing or emailing of statements back and forth to get the numbers you need to offer some advice
1: right exactly
0: outstanding so, what's next for you, Katie, with your practice? Anything big you're planning for for 2015?
1: Well, I did start blogging earlier this year. Um, my up. website is yourrichestlifeplanning.com. We'll make so, sure
0: we put that in the show notes too.
1: Okay, great. So, I uh, plan to continue doing that. It's been really interesting. You know, I didn't think that I had that much to write about, but. <laughs> As I run across uh, questions from prospects or questions from clients, I'm always thinking, oh, well, you know what? I could just write an article about that. And that would probably help this person plus a whole bunch of other people out there. Um, So that's been a lot of fun. And then I've also been speaking locally in the Dallas-Fort Worth area to uh, some professional organizations um, and speaking at some conferences about financial planning. So that's been fun as well.
0: Outstanding, And that certainly will cultivate new relationships for you. I've discovered that and speaking around the industry. From my perspective, meeting advisors has been wonderful because I always end up meeting people that otherwise I might never cross their paths because of where they're from geographically. So speaking is really valuable, I think, for, for any practice. If you have that skill or if you don't mind speaking, I think when we first met, we were joking that, people fear public speaking more than death. That was a survey that came out earlier this year. And I was like, wow, I didn't realize that was true. It is. So if you are unafraid to speak, it's really valuable because there's not many lining up to do so.
1: I will tell you that the first time that I was asked to speak, I was probably six months into the industry and I had, I had never stood in front of a group of people before. And um, so I stood up there and I started talking and I realized that I was just so nervous that I kept losing my place. And so I was staring at an outline of what I was talking about. And I started losing people really quickly. I could see some people, eyes darting around. And this was a while ago. This is before every single person had a smartphone. Sure. So I, it would probably be even worse now. So people were starting to kind of look around, you know, write some notes. I think a couple of people left. And at that point I was like, okay, If I want to do this, I'm going to have to get some training. So I tell everybody I need that, I signed up for Toastmasters like six months into being a financial advisor. It was the best like $100 or whatever they charge I had ever invested into my practice.
0: Well, first of all, that's a really great story. I really appreciate you sharing it. And secondly, my brother, Kevin, who's a very successful sales executive, Swears by to- Toastmasters. He was also very uncomfortable speaking years ago, and now you could practically throw him in front of a stadium and he'd give a sales pitch. Uh, so Toastmasters has been very valuable for him as well.
1: Yeah, that's definitely one that's not usually on the radar. But you know, whenever I'm mentoring young financial planners and they say like, "What one thing should I do?" I tell them, "Go sign up for Toastmasters." Something <laughs> that probably nobody else will tell you. But even just being in clients conversations, it allows you to practice like thinking on your feet and being able to respond quickly, you know, in, in a well-spoken manner. Well, the other
0: thing I like is I've been to some Toastmaster meetings and, uh, you know, even though I speak frequently and I'm very comfortable, I went to some, uh, based on some referrals I got, and I got a great critique about how I sit when I'm listening to someone. So I'm intently listening to someone, but the body language signal I sent was negative, even though I didn't intend it to be. So I I always try to practice that when I meet people so that I don't fold my arms, right? It was a habit. Um, So there's great things you'll pick up. You're right. Even for one-on-one meetings, you'll get critiques from the Toastmasters that are fantastic. So that's a great tip. And we'll put that in the show notes too. I'll put a link to Toastmasters.
1: That sounds great.
0: Well, Katie, thanks so much for joining me today on The Digital Well. This was a fantastic conversation, and we'll probably have to uh, revisit this again next year to see how things have progressed for you.
1: Yeah, I'll let you know. I'm actually still evaluating right now, so I've got kind of three three financial planning softwares that I'm running side-by-side plans in <laughs> so that I can decide and make up my mind. As I said, I'm in a different, probably in a different genre than a lot of other people are, so... I need something that's gonna be pretty simple, straightforward, good graphics, um, but will still you know, work with my clients and, and still allow them to use stuff like the site that's So I'll have to revisit in a couple of months.
0: Excellent, excellent. Thanks so much.
1: All right, thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to The Digital Well, a podcast by Blaine Warren. To ask a question or submit some feedback, You can find me on Twitter at Blano, B-L-A-N-O. Or you can go to thedigitalwell.com, where you can also subscribe to be sure you don't miss an episode. Thanks, as always, for tuning in, and we do hope to hear from you soon.